Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As always, a huge thanks to my friend Dean Blundell and his team at deanblundell.com for hosting me on his network. This week, part two of my chat with Frank Sidoris, guitar player for Slash and Slash's solo band. Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. We're talking adversity on the road. We're talking coffee. We're talking touring. We're talking making it. You name it. It's there. Thanks to my friends at Varia Brewing. They're going to send you something really cool for your kitchen. All you got to do is like, share, do the whole thing, get it out there. Win yourself something rad. It makes all sorts of stuff, coffee related, tea related, you name it. Make sure you check it out, variabrewing.com. Thanks to Todd Hancock and the Toddcast Podcast for presenting this. Listen to him on the outro. He's got some cool stuff happening on his podcast. Part two of my chat with Frank Sidoris starts right now. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Out on stage, I get to bring all of these people together for three hours. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Music Cast. Brought to you by people who love music, people who make music, and all things, well, music. You still don't really know who he is, but he just helped you stop drinking shitty coffee on the coffee cast. So, get off the John, grab a ghetto blaster, hit record and play at the same time, and learn a thing or two about music. It's the Brenton on Tour Music Cast. Here's BD. So, one of the things... Frank, that I'm doing with this series is obviously educating on music and some of the process of of the of the industry and what we what we do for a living. But um, one of the other things I want to focus on is touring in 2019 and beyond, and staying fit, staying healthy, and what people are doing to be mentally fit, what people are doing to stay physically fit, all the rest of it. I know you travel with a pretty sober band, so that's got to be a big win because there's a lot of people that don't travel with heavy sober bands. So there's one of these mm-hmm. things where you get to experience different things on the road, perhaps than people always go to the pub or whatever. So right. what do you, what, what's a, what's a routine like for you? How are you staying fit out there? Well, uh, I mean, this last touring schedule was uh, easily the most intense that we've ever done. Cause normally like, and I think, you know, you can agree with this, like a standard touring, at a minimum, I think it's like a month and a half usually, right? Like some people go out for a month and come back, but uh, this last tour we did, uh, you know. And remember, this is because Slash had uh, guns dates to do later, and you and we have to, you know, for the conspirators to exist, we have to fit between the Alter Bridge schedule and the Guns and Roses schedule. So instead of us having an entire album cycle, which is usually a year and a half to two years. We had to do the entire world in nine months. So uh, we went back to back two and a half months here covering all of Asia and Australia and then flying from Australia to Europe and then coming home for a month and then doing another two and a half months in South America and Europe again. And then another, you know, it's just back and forth chaos. And, um, you know, for me, I've always loved to fly and I've always, you know, I love touring. But this year, 
personally. And to be completely honest, and I hope this isn't discouraging for anybody because, you know, my band can 100% attest and, and back me up on this one, but it was a, it was the hardest one. Cause you know, it's one thing to just have a, a long, crazy schedule. Cause that's fine. You know, I'm happy to do that. But this last one was rough because of, uh, you know, of course the out of nowhere, uh, diagnosis of my, my, then girlfriend, now wife, uh, finding out she had cancer. And so it was the first time where, you know, and I keep, I'm kind of going off on your point here, but like your, to your point to stay healthy, it's like, you know, uh, nobody's, nobody parties in this band. Everybody's cool. The, the regimen is mostly like, Hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? Okay. Uh, I'll see you, you know, let's get coffee. That's pretty much it. But, um, you know, I definitely, I like to go to the gym. I like to do certain things to just, you know, keep, get a regimen, get a daily thing going. I wake up, I go get a coffee somewhere cool, somewhere nice. And then I come back and I'll try to see something cool in that city, whatever's going on with my drummer. And, uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll hang. And then it's a gig the next day and then, you know, rinse and repeat. But, you know, this is the first time I'd ever been faced with a serious issue or anything heavy going on back at home. And you just, there's nothing you could do about it. You just feel helpless right i mean i don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that i mean we've i've lost people to it it's a i've for sure um knock on wood at least at this point in my life uh immediate family no Mm -hmm. um but it's you know i've i've been i was out last year for seven months you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. to have that dropped in the middle of anybody's life especially when you're you know, in the, in the, in the middle of an album cycle and it's, you know, everyone's supposed to be expected to be, you know, on top of their game all the time. That's got to be a massive distraction. So your wife, Allie calls you, says, this is what's going down. Or did you know, did, did it just drop on you or was it one of those things where you guys um, had an inkling kind of going before tour that might, there might've been something up? Yeah, there was definitely some, uh, I guess, I don't know. There's a couple little hints and, you know, uh, things that were kind of like, well, this isn't right. You know, uh, let's get this checked out. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember I was in Poland and she's like, so yeah, I'm in, I'm a, I went to the doctor today and they like, yeah, this is something we need to check out. And she said, you know, the, the scariest part for me was, uh, and of course, anytime something like this happens, you just want to go, that's fine. And let's go get it checked out and you're fine. And, and almost always the doctor's like, oh, no worries. Hey, this is fine. This uh, happens all the time. Take this give it a month, you're fine, whatever. But in this situation, she said, I'll be at the doctor today. And, uh, and the time difference for me, it just sucked because like she could have given me the answer in 30 minutes, but I had to be on stage for two hours at that moment. So that show in Poland sucked. For, I mean, I had a great time, but it's like internally, I'm like, man, I just, I hope this is good news. And, uh, she's, when I get off stage, I call her immediately and she's like, look, this is, um, the look on their faces when they noticed uh, this certain thing, they were like, um, I'll be right back. Let me go get a second opinion. And then uh, they said, look, we need to do a biopsy and send us away like right now. And then, I don't know, we, I was super concerned. She was super concerned. And then uh, I think it was a week, an entire week goes by. And now I'm in England, I'm in Manchester. And I distinctly remember having a really good day uh, this it, for the first time ever, it was a sunny day in Manchester, England, and uh, it was <laughs> it was awesome. And you know, I love it out there. Same regimen, got a killer coffee, had amazing Indian food, and I'm thrilled. 
and uh, got a haircut, if you could believe it. So I'm, <laughs> we're, we're having a ball. And then I, I get a call from Allie that night. <clears throat> She's like, I got the results and uh, I, have, I have cancer. And just to hear her say it, she has cervical cancer. To hear her say it, it was just the, it was just earth shattering because, you know, She's scared. I'm absolutely terrified. I, I'm thousands of miles away, and I still had an entire month or something to go, month and a half, and I'm just sick. And and at that point, I, I just it was like this change to where the the remaining dates of this world tour, I just wanted to go home. And I it's like every I could, I didn't even care, man. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be on one more flight. I didn't want to be in. One more yeah. I just wanted. I mean, playing the gigs helped. Being on stage was the only thing that really took me away from what was happening. And you know, the lines at the airport, the lines and everything queuing up. You know, traveling as we all know it, it was just extra miserable. Uh, every minute just felt like days. And um, you know, just being on the road was. It just felt so much worse. I don't. I mean, it's something that we all use. Uh, to get away from everything we all love it so much for so many reasons that's our life that's what we do it's our career and for the first time I just felt like I, I really I can't be out here uh, I, I you know I, we had so many more dates to go after even that tour specifically so you know trying to find the right doctor trying to just get everything going having all these questions that just don't have answers it just felt like um, the, just so much pressure you know and to not be there for your uh girlfriend my now you know my now wife it was just something I, I couldn't really I don't know I, I feel like my band saw me and they just they they didn't know actually I didn't tell them till we were in Paris like weeks later you know so I was also keeping this as a secret so it was kind of you know it was a lot to think about but um once the entire band found out they were just more than just incredibly loving and helping and understanding and Slash was there for me but um I don't know, man, just uh, until we found the proper hospital, which was in L.A. And, you know, we live in Vegas, as I said, but until we found that hospital, there was no actual relief. And uh, I just kept thinking, like, man, how am I going to how am I going to continue this tour? How am I going to I mean, I need to go home. And I, I had that decision made almost like I, I really don't know what to do. And um, I think uh, once we finished that European tour. I came home and we ended up going to California to figure some stuff out. They had a game plan set in stone and, um, you know, back to touring, I really felt like I shouldn't be on this next run. So I, I spoke with my tour manager and she was the only person I really said anything to about, you know, considering not going. And, and she had her, she had her own issues. I mean, thankfully Cheryl was out there with you. I have to, yeah, we really owe so much to her because without her, um, we wouldn't have had her doctor's referral and her doctor's referral was the doctor we ended up going with, um, for Allie's treatment. And, uh, it just completely saved everyone, you know, saved Allie's life. It's just a total godsend. And Cheryl had gone through the, all this just about what a year prior, correct? So yeah, but like I'd say a year to two and it was, uh, you know, she ended up going on tour and doing her own thing, man. It was crazy. Like throughout it all throughout chemo and everything. It was just, <laughs> so she knew, well, Kudos to Cheryl, and that, I'm sure that was a big uh, help for you to have her. Oh my God, she's there to have someone there. that's gone no. through it means a lot to the person that's uh, new to the situation. You know, huge. And then you know you got so you're you're thinking you're thinking to yourself like I don't know like I I just can't do this next thing. Ali's probably like you got to go, you got to go. Exactly. The band guys, the band guys slash they're all 
in your corner, like whatever you need to do. But this, this is your, you know, you've, this is your break. You've made it right. You've mm-hmm. in the band and this is a big thing for you. Yeah. So what's next? What do you do? So, uh, What's so cool about Slash in this situation was that, you know, I, I still haven't spoken to him about my feelings of of trying, you know, of considering staying home and being with Allie. And uh, luckily, Cheryl reached out to him on my behalf and uh, I get a phone call from Slash and he's like, hey, man, um, I, you know, we haven't talked about this, but just let me know what your thoughts are. Are you considering staying home? And I was like, well... I didn't want to breach that subject until I even had like until I had someone that could com- actually come in and cover. Right. I didn't even want to talk about it yet. And he was just like, well, look, I mean, we could we can make this work and. Uh, don't worry about it, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And he was very understanding because I in in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, great, I'm, I don't want to. Throw a wrench into the machine here, like just uh, considering that we have South America and then an entire Euro. Um, tour you know the all the summer festivals right i was like i don't want to ruin this and and set everybody back but thank god for uh our close friend Corey churko who played guitar for shania twain and uh he's also in a band with brent and todd on their own side pro- side project and he said you know he was more than happy to do it and it was cool because you know he's known slash and uh or he's met slash and he's known brent and todd for years so it was just an easy fit and i literally i sent him everything I sent him like just clips of all the little tiny things he had to learn in these songs, all the little bits and pieces. And so Slash and I had this agreement of like, okay, well, why don't you just come out for South America and part of the European tour? And then you just go home and then Corey can fill in. And uh, that specific, I think it was two and a half weeks that Corey filled in was when Allie had to go through her first chemo treatments. So um, luckily we had a little bit of time off prior so I could be there for radiation and all that. But uh, Corey gave me that time to actually be there with her for, you know, chemotherapy, which is a huge, huge leap. And it's very scary. So, uh, and the entire world, man, all the fans, everybody was just all the support. It just helped so much. So, uh, we ended up closing out that the last tour of our world tour in the state. So, um, Allie only had, I think two more treatments and I, I had to miss two of them, but, um, you know, it was that last tour where I had a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking to do and a lot of just uh, reassessing because I was just I was all over the map, man. And, I, you know, I felt like I never wanted to tour again, even though I was out there on kind of a victory lap of like, OK, we're we're in the home stretch of this treatment and everything's looking good. But do I want to do this again after this, enti- you know, this situation? And it's almost like I immediately had this kind of kind of PTSD situation where it's like getting on another plane doing, doing the whole run again, being away. It just felt like something I never wanted to do again. And, you know, I have gigs coming up with other bands and and right now currently. And, um, what's good is that some time away from everything and, and not having the, the weight of an entire world tour or, you know, leaving across the world again and coming back is not having that right now. makes me feel, uh, I don't know. It just, it made me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, I can actually be home with Allie and relax. And now I'm starting to feel like myself again, like, okay, well, you know, no crazy thoughts. I'm good. I I know what I love to do. And, and I, I've reassessed and all that's all after all of that, I feel like, okay, I, I still love what I do and, and I know everything's going to be okay. But, um, you know, it was just that, that lesson I had to be taught, uh, in a, in a pretty crazy way, but, um, you know, I'm feeling good. What's about the, now. what's the update on Allie? How's she doing now? 
So as of uh, yesterday, she's two months cancer free. There we go. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both on that. I'm sure uh, everyone's sleeping a little bit uh, better at the house. Obviously, a long battle ahead uh, to maintain and and keep it going. But you yeah. um, you got through the first hurdle, and with yeah. lots of support, lots of support, uh, a lot of people there to help. And I think uh, it helped all the way around. Yeah, I got to think. You know, it's got to help your brain. It helped your brain and and uh, gave her peace of mind. So, congrats yeah. to you both, my friend. That's great news. Well, thank you. That means a lot. All right. So moving on, um, a, a question I wanted to cover off. You've talked a lot about playing, you know, getting opportunities to slash to, you know, be, uh, you know, on the records and the trial process and, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And you touched on a bit with, uh, you know, Corey Churko, where you had to send him to parts. What's your best definition of your role in Slash's band? And what I mean by that is what is, in essence, the role of the rhythm guitar player because i know you do get to go off a bit mm-hmm. but what's your what's what is the role of a rhythm guitar player because every kid that starts playing guitar wants to play guitar solos but everyone's you know todd's playing bass instead of guitar in this band um you know right. you're, you're you're playing rhythm so what's what's the what's the role what's the role of the rhythm guitar player by player by your <laughs> definition well being in this band um the rhythm guitar uh, duties are way, I just, I don't know. I have, without trying to sound like, man, you know, it's pretty hard. It's uh, it's one of those things that playing with slash and knowing how meticulous he is and just what he needs. He needs that found, like he needs that foundation of a loose and, but yet very tight drumming or drummer and bass and guitar. It's like that our section specifically, like, you know, I think we're very fortunate to have each other cause we all lock in, but rhythm guitar role in this band is, uh, I mean, there is a lot of pressure. I mean, when, just to make sure that it's it's tight, but it's loose. That's kind of our, um, I don't know. That was always the way I played guitar. I felt like I always gravitated towards, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, when you start playing the guitar, the first thing you kind of want to do, it's like, you just want to play, you want to play leads and you want to, you want to rip the guitar, right? It's like, that was the idea. But um, I learned a lot of, uh, like, I, like I said, I like a lot of funk and soul music. So playing kind of groovy stuff like that was uh, something I really loved and I did gravitate towards. And um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, specifically, there was that song, it's called Rude Mood. It's like that uh, really cool instrumental. And I just remember learning this song kind of early on, but I always loved the crazy rhythmic parts, the really hard to play rhythm stuff. So uh, being faced with the, or given the opportunity to play rhythm in a band with Slash was actually something so something I embraced and I loved. I was very excited to do because it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's not as easy as some people like to say, cause it's not, maybe the glory's not there or they don't, they don't feel like you're, you're in the front killing it. Uh, or maybe that, you know, I assume that's what a lot of people think, but it's actually, it's something I'm really proud to do. And it's something, uh, especially with him, you know, of all people, like you're not going to play leads in a, in Slash's band. I mean, you do take leads, but it's, uh, it's something that made me really, sharpen and and really hone in and focus on locking in and and, the, and playing tight and loose at the same time if that makes any sense <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All people need to do is really put on a set of headphones and all, you know, to, to find out the little bits of mm-hmm. all these intricate recordings and all this stuff. People just, you know, they hear what they want to hear, but true without the, without those bits, absolutely, not, man, it's just not the same. And I, I remember talking to, talking to Fitz about, you know, playing drums in this situation mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone wants to kind of come in and go, you know, I've got the gig. So now I get to, you know, be super drummer. And it's like, well, no, you got the gig because you played the parts. Exactly. And then, then you can work within them. And, and I think that that's, so great about this band is that everyone's playing the parts but they all have their own you know identity with absolutely so, yeah right. and with the yeah. gun stuff before we before we really had the catalog we do as the conspirators before the three albums and everything it's we were playing you know 85 percent guns and roses stuff or 80 percent, and there was some velvet revolver and these are songs that are well known they're you know grammy award-winning bands and they're songs that you just don't mess with the parts on like you you're expected to do it, and and as a as a listener, when I watch a band play a song, even if it's a cover band doing Led Zeppelin at a bar, and the guy doesn't play that one little thing that John Bonham does that everybody knows in that song, it's like thumbs down. You know what I mean? So I, I immediately and Brent's the same way. Same with Todd. It's like you gotta play these parts the way they were written. I mean, then there's um there are certain places and certain like certain times you can take liberties, but still, like when I was playing. For example, like Night Train by Guns N' Roses, and I got I played that Izzy Stradlin solo. I played it verbatim for about five years. I just played it exactly the same. And then after a while, it was kind of like, well, you know, I could play this, but slight, just slightly changing certain things. Like you said, you kind of add your own personality to it. But there's a way to do it tastefully, and then there's there's people that kind of step all over a part that everybody has known for years and is looking forward to, and it's like. You can't do that, you know. <laughs> Speaking of fits, do you think he ever sleeps? Uh, I, mean, I know he's, he's probably here. he's probably he's probably more caffeinated than both of us combined, and I'm I'm pretty caffeinated now, and I know you yeah, are. I sure so, am. Yeah, he's uh just on another level, man. And it's funny because I used to do this with him. Like I, you know, we tour and we'd be in New York City, and he'd be like, "Yeah, let's go get a go get a coffee." And it was like midnight because we were all we were just eating or something out out in the city, and then. I used to As get a do. coffee with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we'd get coffee uh, and I just, you know, even in Australia, I remember just having coffees late at night in the lobby and it, it never affected me. But after a while, I was like, I can't keep doing this because I'm up till 8 a.m. all of a sudden and he's, he somehow just passes out. And I was like, all right, no more, no more drinking coffee with Fitz after midnight, <laughs> but he'll still do it. He's just on fire all the time. And uh, the, ca- the caffeine intake just daily is, is just staggering. <laughs> well, my mind. He's, a hell, he's a hell of a dot connector so it's really great that uh he got you involved in this because i think it's a really great fit um for i, your I boss. can't thank him enough man seriously for your boss it's been really cool to, to see that what's next yeah. for frank where you, what, what what are you doing man like downtime right now is slash so you you working on some solo stuff or what are you doing to, to keep busy right now so i'm definitely writing a lot which is cool and i've been you know and really after this year that we've just discussed it's uh just being home and, and not doing anything for a, a couple of weeks was really nice. But now I'm starting to feel that itch of like, okay, well, I need to work on me and my guitar playing. And, you know, as I like to do, I love to practice and I love to feel like I'm going somewhere with it. But, um, you know, uh, there are, there are, there is a gig in, in the next couple months, lo- likely the new year that I will be a part of that I can't talk about yet, but I'm very excited to talk about when it gets announced. 
Um, and then it, locally, I'm actually, you know, I love jamming around and playing in town because Vegas is such a cool city to do that in. There's always something going on. And um, I've always loved the killer old school venues that we have that still exist. Like, for instance, there's a place at Caesars Palace. Um, there's this old boat that they have, uh, they cr- constructed a, a venue in and uh, it's been there since the 70s. So I'm actually um, working on putting this thing together with a couple guys. We're going to uh, do this, you know, like in L.A., do like a jam kind of thing. But um, but not just like, you know, we're not playing Highway to Hell. We're not going to play what you expect. But it's a lot more like kind of soul or like, uh, you know, James Brown, cool stuff like that. So uh, I've done is it once what, before, but this is, is that what a Frank solo record would sound like then? Because Miles has got the acoustic record. Todd put a you know, a rock record out and then an acoustic record out. Right. What do you think, what do you think a Frank solo record would sound like? Uh, mostly spoken word and self-help, but no, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, um, really that, you know, like I say, I, I'm really all over the board with what I love. And I feel like all of those artists that I, that I've grown up with when they filter through me, um, I still feel like my album would always, there will be, I don't know, like in the pie chart of it, it'd be predominantly, uh, you feel that there's rock there, but I, I still feel like you would have, um, I don't know. It wouldn't just be as straightforward and driving as most of the bands today. I feel like there would definitely have to be that swing and soul there somewhere. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I, uh, I'm so indecisive that we'll have to see really, but, um, I'm going to take the thousands of voice memos I have and everything mm-hmm. I've got and just throw it at the wall and see what happens here. Cause, um, I don't know. It, it it, all the stuff that I have written and recorded it all, you know, in your head, you think this all sounds so it like maybe too far, or, you know, too spread out on the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like outside of a genre, but it's all actually, it all sounds pretty cohesive now that I, I look at it as a whole. So when you put it all together though, yeah, I mean, yeah. you never know where it's going to go. So yeah, that's killer. That what's your, like your, uh, I'll let you go here in a minute. I know you've got some things to do, but no, the, um, what's your, your, uh, what's your go-to frank record go to um wow like this is this is on once a week it's a record that's on once a week or at the very least twice twice a month or something what's what's your go-to that you know gigs done you just rocked out hundred thousand people you're hanging in the bunk and it's like this i I need this right now and i need it at least three times a month or twice a month what's your what's your go-to wow good question that's a fun one um well record wise it's funny, man, because I could I'm going through my Spotify right now just to confirm. Uh, and you know who I've been listening to a ton is Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'll just say that right now. I've been listening to a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's the way of the world. Uh, but keeping it real. Love yeah, fuck. yeah. Oh, I'm a huge fan. But um, I think it would be uh, right now. I'm in a big Wings. Uh, I love Wings, and like I'm just. I always revisit Paul McCartney in in every step of you know, his journey, and every like couple months, I will go through like an entire like maybe two weeks of just coming back to all the Paul stuff and the Beatles, all the Paul stuff and the in Wings and his solo stuff in general. So, album wise, it's kind of tough to call though. So I he's would not, just I mean he's still putting records out, which is crazy, and it's, they, he's gone all over the place too. So. I yeah. mean, you can't even put, I mean, people want to put McCartney into a box, I guess, because of the Beatles, but I mean, you got to go 
geez, there's so much stuff he's put out. He's still putting them out. He's still touring and going, and all that stuff still stands up. So and it's still so good. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. So just amazing. Band on the run. Then you got the Foos covering it, and they they bring a whole new element out of it, and then it sounds deadly. And I don't know. Absolutely, there's so much stuff, man. It's 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 great. So yeah, well, that's a great uh, band to go back to. Yeah, no, I, I feel like he it's he's got so much going on. It's like I really do love Paul. I have the same birthday as John Lennon and uh, Sean Lennon. They have the same birthday. If you didn't know that, fun fact. I did. I did uh, not. So I was always a John guy my whole life. I grew my hair out because of John and um, embraced my glasses because of John and uh, all that. And so as time went on, though, uh, I was a George guy. And then shortly after my um, George just you know, studies, I went right back to Paul and Paul, I've confirmed for years that he is just my favorite Beatle and I, everything he does, like, I really just, I will always revisit. And it's just, what a, what a perfect person to go to for songwriting and, and just kind of help and, and education in that Paul McCartney. Well, I've, I've got a stat that was emailed to me uh, about the podcast listener base that I have. And half of them are Paul fans. Nice. other half you know, or John fans. So we just lost half, but yeah. <laughs> sorry, dude. Sorry. You know what I mean? I was, great. I mean, I'm trying to build this thing, but yeah, oh, uh, it's fine. I'll just, uh, let's just start, delete this. Start over. Scratch and start over, but <laughs> right. Oh, good, man. That's great. Great stuff, dude. Well, I look forward to hearing anything you got coming out. It's, uh, you know, you've had a lot of influences to pull from, not to, you know, your family growing up in the business, mm-hmm. now playing with one of the greatest guitar players in the, in the history of music surrounding yourself with you know great players and having one of the best rock bands on the planet still i really appreciate that man that's awesome there's just a lot there's just a lot to pull from and i'm anxious to hear what you got uh, in the can there and i'm sure i'm excited um, to get it out man i need to i need it for myself i really do and i'm very excited to happen or for it to happen so where can people find you online frank uh they want to get in touch with me i'm on instagram it's just at frank sidoris and then same with Twitter and uh, on Facebook, it's just Frank Sidoris. I'm the, I'm the guy the, with the long hair and the guitar. The other Frank Sidoris is my dad. He's got, he's got hair, but he doesn't have a guitar. So it's a whole you thing. You know, and the funny thing is, is I think even though you're the youngest guy in the band, I think you're the only one that can actually grow a beard. I think so too. Uh, I slash think this is can, a real thing. Slash can, I think, but, and I've seen him do it, but he refuses. So uh, yeah. I'll take that title. There it is. Beard guy. Beard guy. So I can't let you go until we get to the core of where this thing started uh, for me, which was in coffee. And my first article I wrote about coffee assholes, which I. Coffee like assholes. Post- yes. Which coffee asshole are you? Because we all are in some capacity. Sure. We either drink. You know what I mean? That's like we I refuse to drink, you know, anything but uh, the. The, the best stuff in every city or you got a little soft spot for a Starbucks locally, or you refuse to like today I've got a Tim Hortons oh, nice. uh, acro- across from me in Glasgow and I'm not That's going incredible. to it. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. I, I, uh, I'm going to go find <laughs> local and that's just the way it's going to go. So I'm just an asshole about, about it. So d- what kind of coffee asshole are you, Frank? And, and before you, uh, if I put you on the spot anymore, I need to know your top three, coffee joints in the world and go okay so uh top three my number one easily is it's called it's a weird name but it's brother baba budan 
So brother, then B-A-B-A, and the next word is B-U-D-A-N. It's in Melbourne, Australia. It is the reigning champ for coffee for me, hands down. It is just unreal. And that city embraces it and the culture and the flavors and everything. You know, they just really know what they're doing. Um, and number two, uh, man, good question. Uh, it's funny because you were in Manchester and we were talking about um, Pot Kettle Black. I wouldn't say that was my number two by any means, but I just, I love that hang. But uh, damn, now you're putting me on the spot. Well, I, you know, I did, I believe I did send you and Fitzy to, yeah. uh, to Wendell Bow, Wendell Bow in Oslo, Norway. When, and that was in, yes, I did go there. That place was unbelievable. That was yeah, super good. good. And then, so, what, then, then I'll narrow it down for you down to Las think. Vegas. What are you loving in Vegas? Oh, okay. Good call. Uh, public us. So it's the word public P U B L. I see, and then us, U.S., but as one word, public us. And it is um, a fun fact about that place is they have a machine you can only get from the Netherlands. Uh, it's handmade out there, and it's, um, it's called Spirit, I believe. And so a fun little quick story was I was in uh, Amsterdam at one of my other favorite places. It's called Back to Black Coffee. And I was walking around. I just found this place. And they had this machine that I, I was just, you know, so I was staring at it because it looks so cool. It looks like a big satellite. So I took a photo of it and I had an amazing coffee there. And then Allie back in Vegas hits me up and says, hey, there's this new place opening up called Public Us. You got to come check it out. So I come home and I, I go to this place with her and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They have that same, but the bigger <laughs> version, the same machine that they do in Amsterdam. So I asked, I ended up meeting the owner. And I'm like, dude, so where'd you get that? And he's like, oh, it's built in the Netherlands. I was like, no way. And so I believe at the time they were the only, the only place to have it in the States besides a coffee shop in Seattle. And so uh, coffee wise, they're award winning. They actually, they do the, they do the competitions. They'd compete in, in the U S and would just kick ass and they'd always win. And their food's amazing too. So um, I highly recommend public us. And that's not just like good for an American coffee place. It's actually held to the standard of the Australians, you know, and that, that's their whole thing is that the owner is well-traveled and knows what he's talking about. So uh, that's definitely cool. That, that's a place to go. I recommend it to, for any traveler. And, uh, well, and everyone goes, everyone goes to Vegas. So there you go. And I'm also going to send you Frank. Uh, I think Fitz is going to go. We're going to send you down to my episode four and five guest, uh, Jeremy Gersey. Mm -hmm. He's got uh, a roastery in Vegas. No and, way. Uh, made, made made coffee for corn, and he's in a whole bunch of hotels there. Uh, oh, how fun! So yeah, so he's gonna uh, he's invited you guys down to come down and roast some beans. So oh, I'd love we'll connect to connect that connect the dots and you know get uh, co-conspirators over there Absolutely. to uh, to uh, you know do some coffee and all the rest of it. And uh, okay, well I'm gonna let you go. You didn't tell me what kind of asshole you are yet, but oh I guess we'll oh, oh. That. So yeah, yeah. Let me know. say uh, I am the uh, I don't know, the type of asshole that. Everywhere I go, I'm looking for the top, you know, five star joint and uh, in any facet, like if the coffee's amazing, that's, that's all that matters to me. But, um, I've become the type of coffee asshole that now that I'm home, uh, and I live in a certain part of town, I used to drive every single day across town to go to public us. But now I am settling on the Starbucks right next to my house at the moment. And, and I'm okay with that. And I feel like we all should be okay with that to a point because as a touring musician, Anybody that travels, uh, your Starbucks will always taste like Starbucks, whether you're in Tokyo or Berlin or uh, Secaucus, New Jersey. It's like it's 
consistency and that's kind of what you want but um for as as much flack as it gets it's uh it's easy for me to go to so i'm kind yeah, of sadly know, i land in the middle there Where, what kind of asshole is that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know that that's 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 you're still you know you're still there i mean have yeah. you ever spit coffee in someone's face because it was so bad uh like, have you ever been like this is just terrible terrible coffee no no but i could change that i can make that okay happen. There you go. Maybe if we come and try the Tim Hortons in Glasgow. That'll yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> to your point about Starbucks, it's yes. The other side of it is like, I, I, I've touched on this before, but I had an Americano here. And if there's anybody from Tim Hortons listening, please take note. <laughs> I had, a t- I had a, an Americano, a simple Americano yeah. in Glasgow before. And it was just terrible. Mm. And um, mm. I don't know how you, I don't know how you mess that up. So it's, I'm off I know, it. right? I know. I'm Ridiculous. off it. And I even, I even, I even went full on Canadian last weekend, watch my son play hockey. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Tim Hortons and I'm going to get an Americano and I'm going to give it the old, you know, try. And they screwed <laughs> it up again. And that was in Canada. So to your point, I, I, I agree with you. Go to the Starbucks, do the thing. I can't do it in Mexico or Glasgow mm. or the Philippines where all these Tim Hortons are. I just can't do it. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> I know Fitz can do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, thanks. Sure thanks can. for the time. Thanks for the time, Frank. It's awesome to, uh, to have you on here and tell people a little bit about your journey and congrats to you and Allie for, for, for coming through all the, all the hardships and yeah. I wish you guys but the best for the future and look forward to hearing some new stuff from you down the road. Oh, thank It's an honor. Uh, thank you for having me. And if it's, if it helps anybody, um, being faced with some crazy struggles like that, there's always light at the end of that tunnel. And I saw it firsthand. So, uh, you know, I hope everybody can, uh, ho- hopefully nobody feels discouraged for any, by any of this, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling good and everybody else can too. So thanks for allowing me to uh, explain this on your platform, brother. I appreciate it. Anytime. Coffee soon, my friend. You got it, brother. If you want more music talk, check out the Toddcast podcast. My name is Todd Hancock, the host. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Our latest podcast features legendary punk rock band Lagwagon and their singer, Joey Cape. It's like natural progression stuff to go from hard rock and metal and that heavy stuff that kids like. When you hear punk rock and you mix it with Ronald Reagan and easy to identify with. There's Lagwagon singer Joey Cape talking about traveling down the path of punk. The Brenton on Tour music cast is brought to you by the Toddcast podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've kept it simple. All platforms at Toddcast podcast. And you can hear the podcasts, full interviews, and a lot more through ToddHancock.ca. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. 
the Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.